0: hey everybody welcome powerhousers and powerhouse and it's and all that uh my name is zach shu i'm the what'd other you, host what'd you just say you know i just try to wing it man and see i'm just throwing uh elario will like this reference i'm just throwing noodles at the wall is that a thing that people mm, say that
1: yeah
0: let see what that, sticks
1: that came from italy That saying
0: is that how y'all do it uh-huh. do al dente noodles actually stick to the wall So, if it sticks, it's overcooked.
1: If it sticks, you can just throw it in the trash. Yeah.
0: Dang. What? Why? (laughs) What's wrong with them? Because they're not al dente. Say al dente. Al dente. Al dente. See how she just barely said the E. Just
1: like barely moves her
0: mouth. Al dente.
1: Al dente. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so you do kind of have to be lazy when you're talking.
0: Yeah, it'd probably help to be just super mellow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's how I live super mellow uh zach Shu, other host uh alarius behind the scenes our marketing Um, director slash producer yeah save the best for last i was gonna get you in there you know so there's this um dan Turbyville. there's this show Turbyville,
1: everybody there's this car show and they always do this cool little scene at the beginning where it'll show one of them like and they say their name and then it shows the other one on camera and they say their name and then they say and this is the name of their show, which rhymes with Powerhouse, actually. So okay. I, I think for future we might steal some of that. Or we might we've been talking about a, steal it. We might do something like an that.
0: intro segment for I don't know how long. And so what you get from me in interim is mm-hmm. Howdy to do dads and da dudes and everybody's on there on the cameras. Welcome back. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm having a pretty solid day. How about you guys? How y'all feeling? Me? Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm good. We've been talking a lot. It's nearing the end of the year. I thought we you been, were talking to them. I'm talking to y- her and you. Really?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not sick. So I'm good.
0: Good. Yeah. And we've been uh, talking a lot about. <clears throat> Obviously, we always say the word process, which we, we I think we're in the process of processes yeah. at all times.
1: Every episode we talk of something to do with process.
0: I think it's cool, man. Yeah. I think we're consistently re- re- refining our process. We're to,
1: processing how to process our processes,
0: right? Which yeah. I can <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, you, what did I say yesterday or earlier today? I was like, is this a conceptual conversation or is this a practical? Yeah, conversation I'm not really in the mood for conceptual today can we do something with action behind I need to do I need to do a thing um that was, but we, a,
1: that was an educational <laughs> conversation
0: I'm with it I mean I sat there for it you know yeah. yeah I gotta commit I gotta strap in when Dan and I go down the path of here's a concept that I heard on another podcast or whatever I'm like okay take a deep breath all of the things you were about to go do set that aside for the next 15, 20 and strap in for the ride. We, uh, and then we
1: come out of the room like four days later. <laughs> so we talked about, it's called the Dunning Kruger effect. And if you're not familiar with that, you can check it out. Cause I don't really know a whole lot about it, but the concept of it is most people think they know more about certain subjects than they actually know. And there was this scientific study done and some theories proposed and all this stuff. The two scientists were Dunning and Kruger. And thus the name Dunning Kruger effect. But um, where I learned about it, I saw a guy flying a plane, right, in a simulator, not a real plane. But he's like, you know, I've watched some YouTube videos. I played flight simulator when I was younger, and I think I can go land a plane. So they put him in a 737 and said, "Okay, here go land it." And uh, so that that was a pretty good, good pretty good example of this Dunning Kruger effect. How we have this this false confidence in things, which kind of Made me think: How do you ever know, right? If it's a false confidence, you think you know about something. At what point do you ever realize that you actually
0: know about something and you didn't know about when you bump into that person who does it better than you? I guess, or like,
1: but how do you know that? Try and
0: fail, or right? So we talked about that a little, played with that a little bit. It's all subjective, it seems. Mm -hmm. It's like it's a really deep concept, and we started with the she obviously knows better how to cook noodles than I do. Right. Alaria thinks she's the best <laughs> noodle boiler on earth. <laughs> so, and I clearly thought I was pretty good because when I boiled them, they stuck to the wall, but apparently I'm wrong.
1: Yeah. <laughs> what did, what did Paul just text me? Oh, about the, the dinner tonight. Okay. Um. Yeah. So, for those of you listening, one of our subcontractors just uh, asked if his his help his his team member can come with them to our Christmas dinner that we're having tonight. So this show is recorded uh, because tonight we will be having our Christmas dinner, so we will be unable to do it live. But, anyways, so we were talking about Dunning Kruger. We made what other it things. That
0: oh go ahead sorry yeah no Keep that's going. it
1: i just wanted to like draw that line we're done with that conversation okay people if you want to know about it go check it out it's a pretty interesting thing that you could spend some time thinking about
0: i'm going to say it a couple more times dunning kruger what did we take basically we took away from just propo- well me i think i summed it up for myself as this just proposing the question am i uh you know the best at this, or is my skill set or whatever as good as I think it is? And where does that really put me? It really kind of levels the playing field okay. and instills like a sense of humility.
1: So I, I think right? that's the value of it is humility. Right. Right. Just kind of think about like, wait a minute, I thought I was an expert, but am I really? Right. And I, I think people in this industry experience that with their resistance to any type of education. Right. right. And that was me for a while. I was like, I'm not listening to any of these podcasts. What am I going to learn from listening to these people talk? You know, I've, I've mentioned that before on the show. And then I don't know if I like accidentally gave into it or whatever at one point, And I started listening to it and I was like, huh, they have some pretty decent topics right. that they talk about. So
0: there's and, a, um, an email that I'm subscribed to and the guys, uh, well, I guess I'd say a spiritual teacher and, um, he's he talks about us having two halves of life right in our first half of our life we spend learning and perfecting and basically choosing our uh identity set or like what we believe is truths and like developing our uh identity so to speak and then so at a certain age we switch to the next half where we spend the rest of our lives defending that yeah right yeah so how could i ever be wrong if i've accepted this as truth about my identity about me now that's like what defines me so this dunning kruger effect is like a good way to kind of start to unmask some of that yeah. identity to be like maybe i can still learn and we talk i mean everywhere all over the place you see and hear and we talk about the school life being a eternal lesson yeah. like continuing to learn forever and when you stop thinking you or when you start thinking you don't have anything else to learn you're basically just preparing for your death ultimately oh you, you screw know? up or whatever
1: like you screw up if you get to the point where you don't think you can learn anything I like that. you've screwed up
0: i like that's very if you think you've learned or you, what what did i say if you if you get to the point where you think you can't learn anything else or you've learned all you need to learn you screw up right that's it Let's, <laughs> that's the to sum up all this wafty uh conceptualization from zach and dan if you think you've learned it all you screw up <laughs>
1: So I I now, um, you know, I find myself in these situations where people are asking me questions Yeah, and specifically questions about fence and things like that. Normally sometimes about software. And I, I try to always be like, Hey, I don't know everything. I know some things and I can share with you what I know. And you know, with, I was talking to a guy the other day about San Paulo and he's like, so it comes with all these products and everything already in it that I can use to start bidding jobs. And I was like, yeah, it does. Just remember this is the way that I know it to be, so
0: right. like it, you know, you may do stuff different than what I do, so I, I can't wait for the day that someone shows you some way to use your software. Oh, like, no. That that's you're like, "Dude, that's amazing." Oh no, it's happened. That's cool. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, that's- like the machine in the shop where they like this new guy, uh, com- you know, sp- presumably entry level employee learned how to use a piece of equipment that I have like five years experience, five or more, five or 10 years experience mm-hmm. with. And he's using it in a way that I never even thought to try to use it. Yeah. I was like, dude, what? Yeah. That's you know? cool. Isn't it? It's good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There, so I guess the moral of the story is there's a lot of perspectives and, uh, there's been some scientific studies that show that sometimes people don't know as much as they think they
0: do. I think it's, I've, well, I've, when I'm asked a question like that or, uh, you know, I'm, uh, asked to present a topic, I very often start by saying, "Now I don't know shit." Yeah, right. I mean, that's a good place to get. Like, I don't,
1: whew. I don't claim to be an expert. I just know what I know, right? Or I think I know what I know, or whatever. I don't even know how to say that. Sure.
0: So uh, I just say I don't know shit.
1: Along the lines of this, uh, <laughs> all right, that
0: works. I screwed up. Along, I screw up. <laughs> along the lines
1: of this uh, Dunning Kruger thing, there was a study done that, or a poll, and they asked people. Do you think that you're better a better-than-average driver? And 93% of people claim that they were a better-than-average driver. I mean, I'm a better-than-average driver. 93% of people think... I'm not. <laughs> so you fall in the 7%. I have a, You're pretty rare.
0: I have a friend. I, that's the second time I've heard someone just admittedly say they're a bad driver. And it's the funniest thing I've ever heard. I mean, well, one of the funniest things I've ever heard. I'm not bad, but I'm not <laughs> above average. I try my
1: best. <laughs> <laughs> I think my problem is parking.
0: Oh, yeah. A friend of mine just said the other days, like, Zach, I got to tell you, I'm a bad driver. I was just mm-hmm. like, I'd laughing. I'm dude, that is amazing. So, not not many people will admit that. I don't think. Yep. Yeah.
1: So this show is presented to you by Memphis Fence Company, MFC Manufacturing, and Simpalo. So Memphis Fence Company, we install commercial fence. MFC Manufacturing, we build custom ornamental fence, and we can ship it to you anywhere in the world,
0: among other things:
1: uh, fence, gates, bollards. We're uh, dabbling in some like warehouse, warehouse guard guardrail
0: rail crash gates is one of the yeah. things we're interested in doing.
1: Yeah. So we talked about this. And uh, when I was in Oklahoma, I was talking to somebody and they're like, yeah, I was listening to y'all ramble on about this crash gate. and I had no idea what you were saying. And I fell asleep and hit a tree.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sorry.
1: So they didn't really fall asleep and hit a tree, but they didn't know what we were saying. guess he
0: wouldn't identify as an above average driver then.
1: They wouldn't. Oh, sorry. It was not necessarily a he that I was having this conversation with. Whatever. And they weren't confused. They knew it it was a
0: she. Okay, they, so they
1: weren't confused. They knew what they were. But I think I'm
0: missing weird. the there's a joke here and I'm totally missing it. No, Is no, that no, what's no, happening? I'm just
1: telling you, like we rambled on about this thing for ten minutes and people had no idea what we were freaking talking the
0: about. The one person.
1: Yeah, the one person. Okay. So I think do how many people in the fence world fabricate anything?
0: I don't think a lot.
1: I mean, you know, maybe like some chain link gates, my wife baffle, maybe something like that, but nobody's really getting into this. Like, Oh, we had these things precision made I, and the tolerances were this and that and blah, blah, blah. Not many people are. I think into
0: people don't know what the word fabrication means.
1: Uh, no, for sure. They think if
0: fabrication means a story you just made up.
1: If you've ever tried to hire someone to be a fabricator, you quickly learn people don't know what that word means.
0: So this is someone in the trade. Imagine selling a fabrication service to a, customer a layman so to speak yeah i tried to sell fabrication to to designers Mm -hmm. interior designers they Mm -hmm. had no clue what that meant yeah no
1: so we're Alaria, Alaria. yes went yesterday and took some pictures of the crash gate right so they will be posted on social media so if you are curious what this crash gates about can i give it out a brief
0: description i guess then since
1: it's a gate that if you run into it it's gonna screw you up it's sick it looks freaking awesome it's bright red and tall and it's yeah it's a bunch of big steel and it has big cables well in that's
0: it. what i was gonna say it's a gate that goes across the entrance of a parking lot a very burly gate
1: yeah if you don't know what a crash gate is then i think most people know what that like
0: pearly like. gates you might want to enter you don't want to enter these burly gates Yeah,
1: bur- <laughs> that's good
0: that's good i like that but this is all marketing um content hilaria I right. call it Bam Bam. I don't want to call it anything but Bam Bam. From now on, I'm not even going to designate it by customer name, color, type of gate, whatever happens. It's just Bam Bam.
1: Right. So think about that. What does Bam Bam mean? If in a gate versus a vehicle, if the gate is Bam Bam, then I think your vehicle is going to get screwed right. up. Bam Bam. Right. Can we build a cool gate? And bam Bam. And call it Sleigh Gate in my honor? Like
0: one horse open sleigh? In honor of Christmas Santa?
1: in honor of me. A
0: because <laughs> that's your call word. It used yeah, that's, to be that's my word. it used to be rude. Rude and now it's sleigh.
1: I think if you
0: hit the gate fast enough, it would be a slayer. <laughs> it would that's not this oh, that is the sleigh that she means. I'm sorry. I keep seeing S E L E I H. Yeah, no, S L I G H. sorry S L A Y. Right. Yeah. So today we are going to talk about
1: submittals. Just hang in there; Ugh. we're getting to it. I like
0: this part better.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so we'll post some pictures of the That's crash. Not true gate. though, we might even like be able to make like a video montage kind of thing. That would be cool. Um, so we talked about the NASA team a little bit. I haven't done anything with that because I completely forgot about it since we talked about it. But it's no, we went like down
0: it. some other con- concept.
1: Yeah, we're in down. chasing
0: constantly chasing con- concepts down the hole.
1: That's what we do. <laughs> we're like a squirrel. Every time an acorn falls, we go and chase
0: that one. But I think this there's something that is with that. I mean, to just continue to do the way you've been doing, I think we're doing things differently just by way of proposing a new concept. Yeah,
1: yeah. so we're doing we're just throwing out different ideas. Yeah. And every once in a while, something stays.
0: yeah whatever so I
1: talked about before my objective in 2024 is to have an entire book of processes and procedures right clearly defined I have started working on that so before I even got to 2024 I started working on it um I've so far basically made like an introduction (laughs) to the process manual cool but uh yeah I'm I'm gonna continue down that path and we're gonna keep spelling all that out so we have like a new attendance policy we have a new pto policy we have a new i think there was some bereavement talk in there so these policies we've talked about we basically changed vacation and like
0: rolled it lumped it all in together with pto We've been kind of working towards uh, a <clears throat> uh, uniform policy which i'm yep yep uniform disregard for today yes you are but it's not true it's cold
1: yeah all right so he does have a uniform he just has it under a non-branded hoodie uh so we have hoodies on the they're way. on the
0: way that's, that's what i was about to say man i can't i can't only wear what i have
1: i'm pretty excited and you know we put this backdrop inside the hood cool that's pretty neat that's yeah. cool yeah so like the fabric on the inside of the hood is the same as our backdrop here cool. pretty excited about that
0: because someone called you the shirt guy is that right? The shirt guy. Or the polo guy or something.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. They they confused Simpalo and he Oh, okay, I was, okay, okay. He said, aren't you When you told that polo me the story,
0: I thought he was connecting you with our crazy shirts from Vegas.
1: Yeah, so I wore the same crazy shirt in Oklahoma. And it it's effective. I'm a 100% firm believer in consistent branding. Consistent colors, consistent designs, consistent right. branding. And so, our, if you're coming, oh, we're going to Finstech. We should probably talk about that. Y'all come see us. We want to, like, you know, shake hands and meet people and all that kind of stuff is what we're there for. And
0: I should make a mini Bam Bam. A mini Bam Bam. Bam Bam. It might just be Bam.
1: Yeah. So, um, I don't, I keep losing my train of thought. I'm like in the middle of something and then it's like, oh, let's talk about this. Cause it's Christmas. Right. We're,
0: yeah, we're just so, here no riding out the rest of the year. Like your brain just knows. Ki- I'm just kidding. Your brain knows
1: you're basically on vacation. Mm.
0: No, no. My Dan doesn't, doesn't have that. That doesn't work.
1: Uh,
0: no. <laughs> I personally and yeah have that all day. I got the. We're, no. are we even working today vibe
1: last time i took days off i freaking sat on my laptop the entire day when we were driving across the state of
0: tennessee
1: that's just how it is that's how i roll that's why i'm on people's nasa team <laughs> not really i don't think that i'm on anyone's nasa team um yeah so we'll be at Fence Tech. we're building a the plan is that we're building a pretty cool box to go in our booth that will unfold and be a whole wall and it's going to have crazy vinyl wrap on it and fence panels and TVs and all this stuff. So hopefully it'll be something really cool to see. Mm-hmm. That's the plan. It's going to be vinyl wrapped. What was Alyssa working on? Cause she wanted the, she wants the illustrator file for those crazy shirts that I made. To Info hard, To put on those? Mm-hmm. On what? The oh no. Business card. The drug dealer bags. That. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah <laughs> I I consider those to be like high school student bags. I no, don't, no kid in high school carries that backpack. Yeah, they do. I drop my daughter off at high school every day and there's kids carrying those things. Well, those kids are
1: not carrying any books. Drugs. Right.
0: Those maybe are the
1: drug dealers at high school. <laughs> or not. Do you ever think about that? You
0: guys are pessimists.
1: So we're gonna have some backpacks, right? You get these little tote. You're gonna
0: put some drugs in them?
1: No. Well, actually, I don't know. We might have some hangover stuff left from say, Vegas. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's right.
0: The hangover alka
1: Seltzer. Yeah. So, uh, we're going to have some backpacks. So, like when you get these little tote bags that you have to carry around in your hand, doesn't that feel exhausting? So, you come by our booth, you can get a backpack that just goes on your back and you can free up both of your hands. Yeah. That way you can cool. really get into this conversation. I'm going to fill
0: a baby pool full of, full, a baby pool, pool. full of. Alka-Seltzer hangover relief, and you can just submerge yourself. says mm-hmm. am I onto something? And just swim a, in it. It's a radical idea.
1: But then you also gotta provide like tiny bottles of Jack Daniels on the side. But yeah. are we gonna put Zach in a dunk tank? Is I'll that do what it. I heard?
0: I'll do that. <laughs> <It'll
1: be fine. laughs> uh, anyways, so we'll be there. Come meet us. It'll be cool. Uh, last time we talked about contract documents, and I realized something that I didn't talk about. Um, I don't think we talked about, if we talk about lien waivers, right? So I just did billing yesterday and I had to do some lien waivers that, uh, you do with progress billing. Those are typically included in the contract. And there was something else that I feel like I left off of there that, that I realized since, you know, within the past two weeks, but I don't remember what it was. So sorry, there are some other things other than what we talked about in the episode about contract documents. So this time, let's talk about submittals. So Zach, give us a definition of submittals.
0: Um, I would say a submittal is a kind of an overview drawing with specifications on the actual assembly of the product you plan to supply with, say, uh, dimensions of the material, wall thickness in my case, chain link, What you would specify the gauge. I don't guess you get into, like, uh, galvanized before or after, but you may have to... you know uh adhere to a specification where they ask you for that so we do footer size and depths um often we'll spec the BSI, mm-hmm. the concrete um what type of cabs, what type you know just that all right so in a drawing form that's easy to see and pretty tidy mm-hmm. so that's not confusing
1: so it's like when you look at a set of plans and you have the detailed drawings. Yeah. Right? It's our version of the detailed drawings that have what we actually will be providing. I
0: just copy and paste the detail drawing.
1: Just a screenshot and send it back to them. Yeah. Me. Doesn't work. No, I'm just
0: kidding. I'm just kidding. In
1: my very early career, I actually tried that and <laughs> it did not
0: work. I really honestly, I when you said submittals earlier I kind of looked but I like submittals. Hmm. And I get to kind of toot my own horn and say I learned how to use AutoCAD like yeah. in a couple de- a couple days. Yeah, yeah, you did, and produce my first. So submittal for
1: anyone set. who decides you're going to go out and sign up for AutoCAD, Zach had experience using other drafting software. I did. modeling software. So- I used
0: 3D free online 3D modeling software for about. Can we say the name? I have SketchUp. I use SketchUp. Whatever. <laughs> I SketchUp. I don't care. I don't know if we can or not. We're saying AutoCAD. I don't.
1: We're gonna say the name of it until we're proven wrong. And Is if that, we mess up, sorry. We
0: were doing the opposite. I we were know. not gonna say the name. Yeah, yeah, right. But I mean, we've both drank out of branded cups and all kinds of stuff. So yeah, right.
1: So uh, yeah. So Zach was using SketchUp. I've used AutoCAD. I went to civil engineering school for a while and learned AutoCAD there. And so I, I used AutoCAD to make some middles before that. I used Corel Draw. And that's kind of what I learned on, but it's more of like a graphic design thing. Um, So it'll work. There's a lot of different options you can use out there for drawing your own drawings, and it's really not that hard. If you're going to draw a fence, like it's just, you know, you need 25 lines or some crap like that to draw a fence. So, I mean, kind of. Right. (laughs) Kind of. I just wanted to like, like, I don't know. Be encouraging to. Someone. And I think, Maybe. honestly,
0: man, from based on some of the details I've seen from some people, you, not I mean, you can get away with uh, a yeah, pretty yeah, yeah, decent no, no, drawing. No, 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 we're not
1: condoning the like that's do half of it kind of thing, right?
0: I don't do that.
1: So, what you want to do when you're doing submittals is you want to be as detailed as possible because that way, when you install something and someone says wait a minute why did you do it like that why did you install this material why didn't you install that blah 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 you want to be able to say well that was in my submittals so i was um i was in a a group meeting yesterday with some some other people in the fence industry and we're like i showed them some proposals that i'd done and kind of explained that concept where i like to list out a lot of the specs and proposals why are you i'm sitting beside you and you're texting me okay He had to send me a secret message. Um, Yeah, I think I keep turning my head here. You want me to talk? No, that's way too much. Um, So we... um, Yeah, you want as much detail as you can.
0: Right. Right. I mean, Um, this is to cover your butt, so when you go to put it in, they don't say, that's not what we wanted.
1: Yep, that's exactly right. You want to be able to say... Well, this is what we proposed this is what we did on our submittals this is what you got so you don't want to be like "Oh, uh, yeah it's just a fence it's a six foot tall fence so zach talked about like the coding process i would suggest putting the coding process sure on there. that way if it ever is a
0: thing that well, someone wants to look at like it's in the submittal specifically if the installation includes welding you need mm-hmm. to specify that it will be welded and those welds where, will be touched up with right where it will be welded sure. is important Because I mean, some of these products bolt together, and so Mm -hmm. you don't have any welding that requires on-site touch-up. And there are methods to powder coat on-site, but I mean, what? Yeah. How? You just use like an infrared heater. Oh wow! Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So you can just. That sounds like it's. I wish I wouldn't have told you this. Right. Well, that's why we a propane tank and an infrared heater, and there you go. Holy smokes. So, what I like, what if you could use UV light to cure like, powder coat? That'd like, be amazing.
1: I like a primer, like a gray primer, right? I like a colored coat, so black, whatever the gray, fence brown, color is, right? And then I like a clear UV coat resistant on top of it. clear. Yeah, I think that's the ideal thing. So, the primer's a fail safe, right? It's gonna, it's really easy to see gray primer on. Well, a that's black what I was gonna say, right? Where you've, co- where you've painted, and then when you go over it with black then you're covering the primer and then when you go over it with clear you'll be able to see the sheen difference between your powder and your touch up paint and so
0: and the clear acts as a uv resistant to yep. prevent the black paint aerosol paint from fading faster than the powder coat because right. what will happen is one year later you'll have it, a ton of gray spots basically it where it looks like it has freaking uh
1: what's that what's that thing you get when you're a kid chicken pox chicken pox yeah it looks like it's got chicken pox how do okay. you say that in italian Baricella. Wow.
0: Baricella.
1: Baricella. Good job. See how you do it so relaxed. I know. You got to just be like, Baricella. (laughs) I try to like speak slower just because I want to make sure you guys get it. I heard you on the phone the other day speaking in Italian and it was just like, it's like when you listen to somebody speaking in Spanish and it's just one long word. There's not even like breaks in between the words. So that was pretty crazy. I also speak very fast. Like even in English, I mean, like I speak fast. I think that's of me but um yeah yeah i understand the feeling so so be detailed when you're doing submittals
0: and then still i submitted my submittals what i sent my submittals Mm -hmm. i mean they're submitted but they're submittals that's why they're called submittals
1: also people use the word shop drawings for them because and that that's a thing we'll talk about in a minute but go
0: ahead right um so i sent off the submittals and then i immediately was like oh wait They're going to review these and send them back. (laughs) Yay, I've accomplished the task.
1: Right. So your shop drawings are called shop drawings because they may be used by your shop people in a fabrication process. Right. And so I try to think, too, when I'm creating submittals, like this will also be a part of the work order. So no matter what that is, any type of fence, I try to think these are going to go in the hands of the installer. So I want to put information in there that's relevant to the installers as well.
0: Sure. I actually have gone a step further now. Submittal and then shop drawing. Mm,
1: yeah. Well, cause so in our world, we can't really produce an accurate shop drawing until we have accurate measurements. Right. And typically you do the submittal process prior to being able to have accurate measurements. So I have a story about this. This is a, uh, the, the toilet paper story as we'll call it. <laughs> <laughs> so back years ago, my, my dad sold a job and I think it was to like match some existing fence. And so he was very negative about having to do submittals. Now he did them by hand, right? He would sit at a drafting table and draw them all out by hand. And that's a pretty impressive skill. Not many people can do that anymore. And I think it's pretty cool to see, but anyways, he would sit at a drafting table, draw them all out by hand. So like it took forever to do, And he was like, why do I need to do submittals? There's existing fence. We're going to build the new fence the same as the existing fence. And they're, you know, no, you have to do submittals. So this guy, he rolls out a roll of toilet paper and draws all the shop drawings or submittals on toilet paper and then packages it up and ships it to the architect. And he put this big like 24 by 36 cover letter with it that was basically you wanted these they're completely worthless i put them on toilet paper that way after you get them you can recycle them we'll say and uh so fast forward some years i was taking a project management class that was instructed by a general contractor he's an estimator at a general contractor company And this guy got to the point of submittals and he looked dead at me and he said, no matter how pointless you think submittals are, you have to submit them. (laughs) And so that was a little bit awkward for me. Of course, I knew the story. I wasn't even here when it happened. And I really regret that I don't have like a copy of them because that would be pretty. I wish we we had them in like a shadow
0: box in the front office.
1: They may. The contractor or the architect or whoever that was may. I would
0: die if someone sent that to me. I know i don't i think, would be furious and yeah a, extremely entertained i suspect they were pretty
1: furious about it more so than being entertained i think but, i'd say i i got a sense of humor what can i say
0: i would be like i get where you're going but
1: so the moral of the story is like just did they know, accept them i don't know
0: that's what's more important because hey know. man
1: just know you're Way gonna to have go to dad do them, right it's it's a part of life um i normally include like an elevation of the fence and the gates and if it's a slide gate or something like that always put like a plan view on it just to kind of show where the post and the fence and all of that and how they relate to one another um i have had times where i had to draw out every piece that would be cut on an entire project and i've had some middles that were 20 pages long and so you basically have to label every part so if for instance if you're going to make a plated post Right. So you got a three inch post that's going to have a six by six plate on the bottom of you have to give them a drawing of the plate and call it like PL one is going to be the part number. And then the post would be like, you know, TP one terminal post one or something like that. And then
0: call that out on a whole drawing.
1: And then you create an assembly. So you draw them assembled together. You put weld notes on it to specify what type of weld is going on it, where the weld is going to be done. And then your assembly now becomes its own part number, right and so sometimes they get pretty in-depth and I, i've had to do that before um and i think those submittals wind up being you know 15 or 20 pages long and take you 40 hours to do them and that sucks
0: and then they use them to take to some cheap shop and and have them just build that
1: no we did the <laughs> job kidding. i mean at that point we had a contract but right we were doing fence that was going over the top of a railroad bridge And it was a part of this, they called it ABC, accelerated bridge construction, to where Mm -hmm. the bridge was majoritively built and assembled off-site. They hauled it out there, and I don't know, it took them maybe like 15 pieces or something like that. They had to set with a big giant crane. Um, Actually, there's some time-lapse videos of this that might be cool to share with people. Uh, But anyways, they, they set them in place, and we had to come in and put fence in. And one of the reasons they were so particular about it was because it had to be right. Like we worked 24 hours on weekends. They shut the interstate down at like six o'clock on Friday and opened it again at 5 a.m. on Monday. And we were on site the entire time in between those. And so we had to have all of the parts there. We had to have them right. We had to have the right number of, you know, this type of post, that type of post, these rails, these kick plates, all of that kind of stuff. So it, that, that was a, that was a pretty tough one. And there's, There's a thing called means and methods, Um, right? right? And so sometimes you have to give them a means and methods to where you kind of like spell out the whole process of preparing the material and installing the material and give them a complete quantity of every nut and bolt and everything that goes on the job. So. Sometimes you get into those that are really in depth, but most of the time, a simple elevation, maybe plan view, section view, stuff like that is yeah. Sufficient. I mean, I,
0: I think we just did one uh, that was just do like you did across the street mm-hmm. basically, yeah. Right. And I wrote right. out like 750 feet of the kind, like across the street <laughs> or whatever, you know, right?
1: So it, it's like everything, it's really
0: situational. Yeah. The, I mean, one company, I just took a piece of fence with me to the, yeah. to our initial consult and they were like, that's what we want. So I wrote in my proposal, like uh sample provided to customer or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I still did draw submittals though, just to be sure. Yeah. Cause there's submittals a lot of people. So that's the thing. Sampled. If you meet with Steve, the like property maintenance guy for the city or whatever. And he's like, yeah, that's some damn good fence. But then there's a contractor, there's an architect, and then there's Steve's boss, and then their boss. Mm-hmm. And so, and that was one of those where they had given us um, some specs. And I was like, hey, these are a little outlandish. Can we? Uh, and also remember,
1: you have people involved in projects from across the nation or right. around the world, maybe, you know, investors and designers and all of this stuff that aren't here. Right, and so you don't want to take a eighty pound fence panel and have to ship it to seven different people. You can just simply email. Well, and just
0: because Steve in the whatever the uh, fiscal plant department says that's some badass fence, I still want to kind of cover all the bases and draw that badass fence and send it to somebody.
1: Yep, cover your butt. Right, that's if you want to summarize what submittals are for. It's to cover your butt. Well, I guess they're required, and you want to
0: cover your butt. Two things. I mean. And they're beneficial to help you in the installation process that's right. when it comes to time for job preparation. Uh huh. So, what would happen
1: is your installers would go out there and install the fence the way that they've always done. That may not be the way it's supposed to be done on that job. <laughs> we have experienced where people just completely disregard submittals as well. So, that's a thing. And do
0: it the way we always do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so, you <laughs> want to make sure if there are submittals and things are different, just point it out. Uh, uh yep. So, uh, we've talked about AutoCAD some and learning AutoCAD is going to be essential if you're going to get into stuff like we talked about with the bridge or like the fence Zach was talking or about. Or hire
0: someone who knows AutoCAD. <laughs> yeah.
1: Or you can hire people to do it. Like you can outsource that. There are drafters, draftsmen, whatever you want whatever they're called that exist that you could hire to do that. But Uh, If you've, like, if you're a fence company that's off in the winter and you are kind of dabbling in some fabrication and some custom stuff, AutoCAD would probably be worthwhile to learn or some other type of CAD software. There's more than just AutoCAD. Um, Also, I talk a lot about Excel. And so I have a note here that says if you aren't using Excel or something similar, you should start right now. Stop this episode, go get it, and learn how to use it. It is.
0: Even just like as a very simple usage of like a calculator, yeah, to figure material. If you if you don't have Simpalo and you're still figuring material by hand, then make an Excel spreadsheet,
1: Mister Flintstone. Make an Excel spreadsheet. (laughs) But for real, use some kind of software. Excel is a great one. Uh, Numbers is on Google Sheets.
0: The Google Google suite works pretty good.
1: I like Google Sheets too. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's quite a few of these spreadsheet type of things out there. I learned how to use with use Excel. And so I kind of just stick with what I learned on. I have used numbers some through Apple. It's a little bit different, but it's the same concept.
0: I like sheets because you can actually export directly to Excel. I don't know. Numbers may do the same thing, but you can export a CSV or XSV or whatever the file format is right between communicate between the two software Mm -hmm. so
1: yeah and excel is one that's pretty widely accepted if you have to send something to a supplier or customer anything like that it's an excel format will work in most things but man if you have to yeah so like you're talking about even for like with the simple calculations if you got to add up 25 things
0: right on another note you do uh, it
1: on a calculator how do you know if all 25 of them were right and if you messed up number four now you have to start over Or if you get to number 25 and you fat finger it and put in the wrong number and mess up, you got to start over. You do it in Excel, you can just go up and change the one.
0: And if you are like startup and super rudimentary and not using QuickBooks, so you can actually download a, well, most banks, you can download a comma delimited, I think is what it's called, file to Excel to review your... CSV? Yeah. Yeah. CSV file of your bank statement and then help tidily see your expenses and your Mm. income.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of vendors, now that we're going to move on from spreadsheet talk, a lot of vendors have some basic submittals on their website. I personally am working on creating a catalog inside of Simpalo that is just PDF files that have cells in them you could type in. Uh, but a lot of vendors have drawings that are accessible to you on their website. So if you're going to buy material from somebody, you might be able to request it or just go to their website and draw or download it. And use something to like type it. I personally am a big advocate for like presentation and professionalism and all that stuff. So I like something that's typed over something that you just print off and handwrite on. But if that's what you know how to do, is to print it and handwrite it on right. it, then do it. I mean, it works.
0: Also, back to the fence part stuff. There's also DXFs to that you can download of parts for, yep. say, the ornamental yep. version. You- Some of my suppliers have DXFs and. dwgs which are importable into autocad
1: well even like a a pdf right so if you have a pdf that has a drawing of something you can use like cad details has a ton of stuff like what he's talking about you can use a a pdf and import it into autocad i assume into other softwares as well but i i did that remember when we were designing the the truck bed i did that with a welder to like actually put the welder in the truck bed and make sure all that stuff fit what right. did
0: i use i used a lock set they this customer yeah. wanted a very specific lock set yep. so i used lock the sets. pdf uh dimensions mm-hmm. from the from manufacturer's page yep Lock sets, and it's not
1: panic you, bars hinges all of that stuff you can normally find some drawings
0: this is an area right now i have to specify this is one of those times where i don't know shit about <laughs> autocad you know like yeah. i've learned enough to do what i want to do and i feel I don't know that i would say i don't want to grow anymore but I also i'm enjoying it it's doing what i want it to do i'm still actively learning mm-hmm. um and especially with two screens i got autocad and youtube on the other hand and, <laughs> uh, you know so, so you're
1: going to school and doing your homework at the same yeah, time. yeah man
0: yeah i mean yeah so um
1: and also if you ever get into any kind of like 3d modeling or anything so if you uh we did a job one time where they had some really old post caps on it and we had to match them and I 3d printed all of them. And so I had to use a cam software instead of a CAD software. So a modeling software. And I had to like learn how to use that to do it. And a lot of the AutoCAD stuff just rolled right over into there. So it's uh it's kind of a foundation
0: that you can build upon for 3d modeling and stuff as well. And we talked about that being kind of like the grandfather of the computer yep. assisted drafting, drafting yeah. um software is a lot of software is kind of based are based off of CAD mm-hmm. shortcuts and controls so yeah. if, if anybody
1: you, out there listening knows the original one let us know but i would suspect it was autocad i imagine they were the first and now so autodesk is the company that makes autocad owns it whatever you want to say and they have a lot of other softwares that go along with it so it all uh we've done we we've done kind of like uh, modeling stuff where we tested gates and things like that, where we would model out an entire gate and test the like load on it to see what how much deflection you would get out of the gate and all that to make sure it wasn't going to fail.
0: <laughs> Nerds, yeah, right. We've someone just crashed into a tree. They got bored yeah. of listening to us <laughs> talk about this part and they're like, no, we, never mind. We need a. We need Tell a, me more about when you made all the money.
1: We need a little sound piece about people crashing. I mean, being able to do those kind of things, like, so if someone comes to you and they're like, hey, we need a hundred foot gate opening. If you can sit there and draw it out and model it and test it in a virtual space instead of going out and building the gate and it failing, right? that is worth huge money.
0: We've been hearing a story about that around the city.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. About a big gate that got hung and is failing over and over. Did you say one of our vendors called you and even was like, Hey, have you heard about this gate? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, right,
0: right. <laughs> it
1: wasn't even that big of a gate, it was just built stupid. Long. So, yeah, yeah. So, one of our vendors called me up and he's like, Hey, I've got this gate and these people bought this hardware from us and that keeps failing. And I was like, I know what gate you're talking about. Yeah, it's freaking built wrong. That's the reason the hardware is failing. So, But yeah, I mean, like I said, being able to model something and test it and all of that in a virtual space is a big deal. And if you're building a $50,000 gate, I mean, having to do it once is a big plus. If you have to do it a second time and it's for free, like that's coming right out of your pocket. Sounds like the
0: engineer thought he knew more than he knew.
1: Or maybe it sounds like the fence people knew more than they knew in your situation (laughs) with that uh, that gate that keeps failing. (laughs) Right. Right? They were probably confident that they were building the gate the way that it should be built sure no yeah. either way so I, I have a list of kind of what i include in a, a set of submittals so first of all i put a scope of work in there right and i'll put my proposal without the prices is all that is so i just go back take it remove the price and i may change a little bit of the language on there like who it's addressed to and things like that but i mean i might spend Two minutes changing that to include it in my submittal. And then we talked about elevations of the fence and the gates. And on those elevations is where you put all of your details, right? You call out the size of everything, the material of everything, the coding process, all of this. Um, the same thing with your gates. If, uh, like I talked about before, if we have a cantilever gate, a slide gate, I'll put a plan view on there. Typically, we, go ahead.
0: We do it. I've recently done some uh, fence that had a bent picket. Which I felt like it was necessary to designate or show a section view of that, just to show like what that angle looks like. Just because to say a twenty nine point seven degree bend, right, doesn't really translate
1: from from an elevation. It doesn't do anything, right. right? You got to have a section view on that. Also, like doing like an enlargement of the the post intersection on the ornamental fence. So I like showing where the pickets go through the rails, where that's welded, where the (laughs) posts intersect with the rails, how that's welded. Man, sorry. <laughs> uh,
0: if I could get out of here
1: myself real quick, I would have get
0: out of here.
1: So that that's all good. You're like a said.
0: human being. I can't stand it.
1: Be be detailed, right? And then I'll include like the manufacturer's documentation for the material. So if it's a chain link one, I'll go on my supplier's website. I download all the specs. I go through the specs and I'll highlight the parts that apply to the job. And I might like red line parts that do not apply to the job because you know typically they'll have one document that covers 1.2 ounce, 2 ounce, GAW, GBW, all of that stuff. And so I kind of highlight in red line what applies and what does not. Um, we submit
0: specs of uh, automation operators. Yep. We submit the manufacturer's panic. whole Any 20 kind of, page document.
1: Yep. Any kind of like panic bars, anything like that are going in there. Um, the locks, the latches, everything is is all going in together. Calm down, Zena um I forgot we had a dog. Like, Do we have a dog. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're doing this during the day as people are coming and going, and my dog doesn't really like strangers. And I'm thinking so.
0: that's my Doordash.
1: Maybe. So, anything else that's necessary to the contractor, the architect, the owner, or the installers? Anything you think might be necessary to tell them about the job? Sometimes that may be a site plan. You may include a marked up site plan and show them exactly where the gate operator is going to sit and where the access control devices are going to sit and all of that.
0: We also designate how we're going to the fence will interact with grade change.
1: Yeah. If stepped, rolled, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's all important. Um, and now I'm working on a job where we're developing a tolerance. We're going to step, basically, the top is to run flat at zero and starts at whatever six foot tall and then there's a grade change falling down the hill and so the bottom will step incrementally in certain increments and we're going to designate a tolerance up to six inch ground clearance or maximum gap right
1: so that's a good point a lot of times on say you have a cantilever gate well you can only get those bottom rollers so close to the ground Right. Right. And if your gate is going across a driveway, so now your rollers are so far off the ground and then you have a curb. Right. So you wind up with a gap underneath the gate. That's another thing that you probably want to have detailed in there.
0: That's a conversation we start having with the customer like when we first get there.
1: Every time, every freaking job, we have to have the same conversation. It's
0: going to be nine inches off the ground.
1: Yeah. Right, because people never realize that. I don't know what they think is going to happen, but we always have to have that conversation.
0: I guess we could just have them start cutting a hole in the curb.
1: Yep, yeah. yep. So that's a thing that we do sometimes, especially with V-track gates. Right, we'll cut out a a hole in the curb. So that's
0: that's a whole like job preparation conundrum, and some of the contractors too are better at saying, "Hey, we know we're going to need a flat spot for this. Let's you know, get together on this before we do all the the grade work and get you guys out here.
1: Look, when you sell a job, you're a defense professional. That's true. Okay. So when you sell a job, you want to point out all of the issues that can come along with that job. And you want to do that as early as possible in the process. You don't want to wait until you show up on the job site with a gate and install Oh it. no,
0: man. We built a V track and that thing got a 12 inches of fall to it.
1: That's right. So you got to to spend some time in a job and think about it on the front end and try to see the problems that are going to come. Because if you wait until you're out there, it makes it a lot worse. I think we've talked about this. We internally have talked about this a lot, but the sooner you can address a problem, the cheaper it is.
0: Well, in some of these places, they're going to essentially make it the way we need it to be made in order for us to install the fence so all you got to do is tell them hey man i need like 16 feet of flat right here
1: they're doing dirt work they're doing concrete work they're putting in curbs they're putting in asphalt like that you have a blank slate tell them what you need for the fence to work or the gates to work and that's a that's a big deal now that doesn't always work sometimes you're just putting it on an existing site and like you got to overcome those obstacles a little different way but sure Uh,
0: we've done some grading too to accommodate
1: yep yep you want to try to figure that stuff out as early as possible um what's next on our list
0: i think that's one of the biggest things i think to think on the front end is the grade uh, pertaining to the gates Mm -hmm. i mean the fence is not a big deal we can rack the fence we can step the fence we can make longer pickets yep it's not a huge concern but the grade specifically at the gate in conjunction with the style of gate you're using
1: well, so think about this, Zach. You sell a job, right? When we bid a custom-built ornamental job, which is the world you live in, do we plan on building panels with longer pickets and, you know, changing the height of them? Sometimes. Right. To a Sometimes. degree. So that goes all the but way we're back not to the shooting, estimating process. Right.
0: I mean, we're not shooting grade, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah, but so when you're bidding a job, look at the grading. Right. Look at the grade plans. And then you can kind of like foresee some of those issues too that are going to come sure now there is two sides to that thing like you might price yourself out of a job but i mean me personally i think i can go broke sitting at home like i'm not trying to sell a job and under undersell myself right so i want to know what i'm getting into so the grading plan is a is a big part of that even with chain link if you see a, a site and there's hills all over the place the grades going up and down I mean, that's a lot of extra terminal posts and hookups and cutbacks and all of that, or bias cuts, as some people call them. I mean, you got to know what you're getting into.
0: Wow, that sounded professional. Yeah, it did. I was talking to Chris yesterday about how uh, construction language... I grew up... I've pretty much done construction off and on since I was 15. Mm -hmm. So I've been around. And it's funny that there are some words in the construction industry are just... The word just because that's the way that guy that tool is called that because that's the way some other guy told him that name mm-hmm. and we, and there are sometimes you run into different names oh yeah that don't even really
1: yeah mean anything especially when you go to like different regions of the country i love it you know we might call it one thing here and then you go 300 miles away and people have a completely different name and you're like what are you talking about so yeah um here's a another little tidbit about submittals that i like to say is think about your submittals or shop drawings. Like you're going to give them to the project manager inside your organization, and then you're going to get hit by a bus, right? So try to give them as much information in that package as you can.
0: Yeah. In my situation, I, I'm drawing them for myself. Yep. Currently. So,
1: yep. Yep. So, uh, Sampalo does have some ways it can help you with that whole, like, uh, handoff to a project manager and keeping all your documentation in one place and stuff. It's got a, uh, Kind of like some file storage stuff in there that saves it all with a project. It's pretty cool. Depends on. Organized people really like that. And I personally try to be organized, but it's a struggle. Better to do it early.
0: We just talked about that.
1: Yeah, so here's a new new piece of that. If you wait a year, you're going to have to relearn what the job was anyway. Yeah. I find myself in that situation sometimes, unfortunately. So I have experience there. And uh, so I, I have a job right now that I haven't done the best job on. And so every time I do something with this job and look at it, I have to go all the way back. And I'm like, wait a minute, what was this? I don't even remember. And so I have to go back through the plans and everything and relearn what it was. And again, uh, software can help you with that. Simpolo, I mean, it does make it a little bit easier because now I have like all of the fence lines are drawn out and everything makes it easier to go back and see. So there we go. Um, as far as like job preparation, you know, we've talked about some things in the past that kind of apply to that. I actually had some episodes listed out that we talked about before um, as a part of this whole series. Did you have anything else to add about submittals? Cause that's the end of the list for me.
0: I don't, I'm, they're fun they're fun i think they're fun and i mean i guess that comes from kind of having a background in art i really enjoy the process of and i like tidiness and clean and it's cool to like move your leaders around to where it's like the best suited place Mm -hmm. to get all the information on there i like that
1: yep yep i enjoy submittals as well i don't really i mean i don't have any kind of art history or anything like that art background but i mean i still enjoy doing submittals it's fun to sit down and draw it out and kind of try to foresee the issues that are going to come from that job and stuff
0: well and that's when i started using sketchup that was one of the biggest things i could see it's like in in custom fabrication where you try to lap things and weld as little as possible but still not have like exposed joints or whatever it's like that's a crazy concept so like are we going to button weld that are we going to stitch weld this Are we gonna full weld the outside seam and to try to figure out uh do I break it and and then weld it underneath? Like what are we doing? So that
1: that kind of brings me to another cool thing is like when you draw an AutoCAD, you're drawing to scale. Right. So if you want to figure out how to put something together, then I mentioned truck beds earlier. So I've designed some truck beds using AutoCAD, and you've designed a lot of other things. Um but so our crash gate, I did the same thing in there. Um I mean you can sit there and you can say, and then okay. I shrunk
0: it to scale, right? Because after you drew it to scale, the when they set the post, the measuring the opening changed.
1: Well, we didn't know what the opening was when right. I drew it, but what I did was make sure that everything was going to swing without anything crashing, right? I made sure that we had clearances for right. all the stuff to and swing. And when you and say crash
0: gate, you mean bam bam, right? Yeah, just, yeah. To remind, yeah, just yeah, right. for our audience. And <laughs>
1: we said branding,
0: bam bam, bam
1: bam. bam. So we got to stick with that.
0: I'm going with it
1: yeah so um yeah you can draw it all to scale and make sure everything's gonna work and nothing's gonna hit each other and like figure out what yeah, the trade tier, show
0: you cart know. you or trade show float or whatever you skid you want to yeah. call it I have drawn all that I drew the TVs inside i've hint i drew had to draw the hinges so I could designate an axis to open the the uh the walls on you know yeah. so yeah. I've been closing and opening from the hinge axis to make sure it all folds up together
1: Yep. So it's, it's a lot simpler to do that sitting at your computer than it is to do it in the shop through like trial and error. Right. And it's also cheaper. So you want to talk about money. You mentioned money.
0: I did say money.
1: There you go. Now you're saving money because you can draw it in a virtual space that doesn't really, I mean, it costs costs something, but like it's significantly cheaper than being like, oh, this piece of material is wasted. And the cool thing
0: is once you've drawn it once, you can reuse that drawing for other jobs. Yeah they're here forever now you mentioned to scale so sometimes i'd reuse a drawing from a gate and then i just put whatever measurements i want oh, to yeah. on that drawing but
1: yeah, we cheat with that but you're not like drawing a piece to figure out if it's going to fit in a hole and what size you're, right how long this it needs to be and all that yeah so yeah you can draw a eight I, foot tall fence and then use it for six foot eight foot ten foot all of that stuff and kind of just and it's you know change the labels on
0: it. As far as that's concerned, he, we've talked a little bit and kind of dealt with like how what to what extent do we want to give shop drawings? Like how detailed are the shop drawings for the shop? Because what one on one hand, we want a lead man who can do the math without me telling him what his cut list is. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's also like the speed in which they can just throw some material on the saw and cut it to the measurements I've extended to them. Yep it's pretty awesome yeah so like half a Six a dozen <laughs> which also
1: excel comes into that right right so we have an excel spreadsheet that will generate a cut list for an entire job so that's uh that's pretty handy instead of having someone sit there do the math you know i made that spreadsheet that's not 100 percent, but it's 95 percent done
0: the slide gate
1: yep the slide gate one so now when we put in the measurements for an opening in the tail, so it gives you cut lists for the slides. These gate.
0: are concepts that have been instituted into practical application. They are. So the concepts amount to something. They are. They do. It's not just wasted yeah. wasted space.
1: Sometimes we have concepts that become reality. The
0: the bam bam. I almost called it the crash gate, y'all. Right. Bam bam was a concept. Yeah. It's well, what's funny is. We talked about you were really interested in them, right? And mm-hmm. you were showing me videos and I think this was before Hotsey call, oh, called. Oh, called um, and said before
1: our customer <laughs> called. <laughs> before
0: they called us and said we want something like this.
1: Yeah, well, actually, did they tell us they wanted something? No, we told them they
0: wanted this.
1: (laughs) Because I think what happened was they're like, Man, we're tired of replacing this gate. We've replaced this gate five times this year. We needed another solution. Isn't
0: it cool that we were just kind of conceptualizing this Mm -hmm. thing and then the opportunity to build one came? Boom, there it is. And then bam. Oh yeah. Bam, bam, (laughs) there it is. (laughs) And the last thing I said to him on our phone, he called to say, Man, the great the gate looks great. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then I said, Well, sir i almost said his name i don't guess it matters but well sir I, I really appreciate you allowing us to experiment on you <laughs> <laughs> yeah he thought that was pretty good he got chuckled out of that
1: i think it's cool i'm excited to see the pictures and stuff so all right well that's what i have we're at an hour i think we're done cool.
0: merry christmas everybody yeah. i don't know what time this thing's going to be released but you know, well, it's, it's going to air
1: this evening, so okay. it'll still be a few days before Christmas. I'm going to be
0: celebrating some. I think tonight we have our company Christmas party, which I'm yeah. looking forward to. I went to the last company Christmas party. I don't even know if I was technically employed here. Yeah, you were. And you looked at me and you said something like, I expect you to see to see you here 30 years from now. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I don't even I'm not even employed. <laughs> I don't even know what
1: I'm eating tomorrow.
0: <laughs> right. What do you mean? Let me see how good. it depends on how good this meal is i think it was pretty good it was kind of cool because mo- a lot of the staff has is was relatively the same so it's kind of like a welcome back party yep yeah
1: <laughs> that's so how we'll we'll uh we'll we'll make some videos or pictures or something like that of our party tonight so I need to we give kind the, of share the with the casual disclosure
0: and observation of all the concepts we've talked about that i the things i'm talking about here are based on experience and sometimes my opinion trickles in But ultimately, if I've not done it, then I don't really know about that. I just want to say, you know.
1: Yeah, we talk about I mean,
0: you can talk conceptually about things that you don't understand. Sure. But you know what I mean? I'm not claiming to be an expert and I'd love to hear insight from others and how they do. And I think that's a constant uh, challenge we're issuing to our prospective audiences to tell us your experience with these things. How do you use it? If
1: you have experience, I have a challenge. Come on the show and tell us.
0: Yeah, I love that. Right, if I love that.
1: If we're wrong, come tell us. That would be cool. <laughs> tell us how wrong we are. Anything else? No, thanks, that's it, man. Thanks for listening. Yeah, we appreciate Goodbye. you all. Thank you, guys. Merry Christmas. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your time with with whoever you're spending Christmas with. Yeah. So.
0: Merry Christmas.
1: Yeah. Don't forget what Christmas is. Nothing. We got some crickets on that one, huh? Yeah.
0: Bye.